You want a war? You're gonna get one. Now get the gun! Reliving the War episode 185, May 17th, 1999. We're back to regular head-to-heads with Raw coming from Fort Lauderdale, Florida, while WCW Nitro takes place in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. WCW's once again under new management, seeing as Roddy Piper defeated Ric Flair at Slamboree. Even though Flair got fired after his match, the Nature Boy's here tonight, and Luke, former world champion DDP's riding in Flair's limo. Charles Robinson seems to think that his hero's still president of WCW, but we'll find out a little more in just a moment as Rick's going to kick off our number one with an in-ring promo. Before we get started, just a quick reminder that the episode of Raw featuring the Owen Hart tribute will not go up against Nitro next week, so the May 24th wrestling shows are going to get split over two episodes. I just want to reiterate that because I know I'll get messages wondering why there's no head-to-heads, so please keep that in mind. Finally, apologies for my voice today. I know it doesn't sound great, but doing a weekly show like Reliving the War means you can't really take time off when you're not feeling too well. So, again, in advance, apologies if this video doesn't sound too good. Flair, Lil Nage, Double A and Asia come down to the ring and before Rick explains why he's here, Arn Anderson announces that Dean Malenko and Chris Benoit are getting a tag team title shot tonight. Flair says he's still president of WCW, Mean Gene says Roddy Piper might disagree with that statement, and Rick then sends a message to Ted Turner. Ted needs to get Bischoff out of WCW or Slick Rick's gonna pay Jane Fonda a visit. When Fonda rides Space Mountain, Rick's gonna rule the whole Turner empire, so Bischoff needs to get fired ASAP. Slick Rick then books two matches for tonight, Charles Robinson and Ric Flair vs Gorgeous George and Randy Savage, and in the main event, DDP's gonna get his world title rematch against Kevin Nash. Dallas comes down to the ring and he says booking decisions like this is why Ric Flair should remain president. Page was screwed at Slamboree by Eric Bischoff and Dallas should be champion right now. So with that in mind, Dallas has brought along some backup, someone who's gonna watch his back from this point on. And it's Bam Bam Bigelow. Bam Bam comes down to the ring to confirm this new alliance, and Flair says this could be one of the greatest Nitros of all time. We've got the mixed tag match, the tag team title match, and the world title match to look forward to. Rick says it's all happening because he's still president of World Championship Wrestling. After a commercial break, we get a few interviews with Eric Bischoff, let's just cover them all at once. Bischoff admits here that WCW is no longer the number one wrestling company in the world. I'm sure that was a bitter pill to swallow. Eric says he got complacent, he got full of himself, but Eric wants to learn from his mistakes and he says WCW will bounce back and become number one again. In regards to Slamboree, Bischoff knew Piper deserved to win his match and Eric felt he was doing what was right for the company. He also watched Randy Savage interfere in the world title match and that's why he restarted the main event at the pay-per-view. So basically, good guy Eric Bischoff wants justice to prevail in world championship wrestling. 
I brought up in the Slamboree video that Bischoff hasn't got the power to reverse decisions or restart matches anymore and this does get addressed right here. Eric confirms he had no official authority to make these changes but Nick Patrick certainly did. Even though Nick was swayed a little by Eric, the referee's decision is final so there you go. Kind of a weak explanation if you ask me but eh, what are you gonna do? The final interview is all about Eric rebuilding WCW. He knows he's made a lot of enemies but he wants to lead the company once again and if that means helping the company president do his job then that's what Eric's gonna do. Eric's then seen arriving with Roddy Piper to the arena so it appears that Roddy and Eazy E are now best friends. On the Jay Leno show, world champion Kevin Nash challenged Bret Hart to a match. Nash talked about Bret breaking Goldberg's leg at Slamboree and Kev wanted to put Bret in his place. So Nash put up $250,000 to face Bret, not in a WCW ring, but on the Tonight Show itself. This planned feud would end up getting cancelled after what happened to Bret's brother at Over the Edge, but both WCW and Jay Leno were making a big deal out of this match. It would have been the first wrestling match to ever take place on a late night talk show. Oh check it out, we've got a wrestling match, imagine that. I find it funny that people keep bringing up that Nitro that didn't have any wrestling in our number one, yet there's so many other Nitro shows that only have like 4 minutes of wrestling in our number one. We've got Rey Mysterio vs Evan Courageous and this one had a few problems. Rey hit the top turnbuckle awkwardly here and it put him right on the mat and Evan went for the flare corner bump but he completely messed it up. Generally speaking Evan's offense didn't look great in this matchup but I think he was just having a bad day. Mysterio ends up winning it with a top rope hurricane rana. Backstage, Sergeant Buddy Lee Parker gets brought to Ric Flair's office and Ric wants Parker to wrestle his son David tonight, oh yes. Flair admits to pushing his son like Ganya, Von Erich and Watts did before him and Flair wants to push David straight to the World Heavyweight Championship. Parker can get himself a nice little office job and Parker's family can get taken care of if he tops out to the figure 4 tonight. Double A's gonna give the signal and Parker has to lose in the middle of the ring if he wants a more comfortable job in WCW. Parker agrees to do it after a little persuasion and David has no clue at all. Flair Jr is very pleased to get another match on Nitro but he doesn't know that his dad's fixing matches to make him look good. It appears that even Tori Wilson knows what Ric Flair's up to. Nitro continues on with a Booker T promo. Raw opens up with X-Pac, Road Dogg and Kane versus Billy Gunn, D'Lo and Mark Henry. Seeing Kane stand in the ring alongside X-Pac and Road Dogg is a bit strange and Billy Gunn I'm a nice man. Teaming up with Mark and D'Lo is also interesting but let's see what happened. Road Dogg tried to Irish whip Mark Henry but that didn't work out too well. Billy Gunn got tagged in and Jesse took a ton of punches in the corner and keep in mind these two are facing each other this week at Over the Edge. The D.O. Double G gets power slam before D.O. comes in for a leg drop but Road Dogg's able to tag out when D.O. misses an elbow drop. In comes X-Pac with a spinning heel kick, D.O. replies with a jumping leg lariat, Pac gets brought to the opposition's corner and this forces Kane into the ring for just a moment. The match resumes with Billy Gunn performing a press slam. 
Dilo tags in again, he misses a leg drop, Billy Gunn tries to stop Waltman from getting to his corner but Pac tags out and Road Dog comes in all fired up. The match then ends with no winner when Billy takes the shake rattle and knee drop, Road Dog takes a sky high and Dilo takes an X factor, the referee loses control with everyone fighting each other and so the match gets thrown out. X Pac and Kane are going to face Dilo and Mark Henry this week at the pay per view, so this was merely a teaser tonight on Raw's War. On Nitro, Mean Gene reminds Booker T of what happened at Slamboree and Booker says he wants his TV title rematch tonight. Mean Gene thinks it's a bit ironic that Scott Steiner would help his brother at Slamboree after Stevie Ray helped Booker T over these past few weeks, but Booker says Stevie Ray is acting on his own and Stevie Ray has his own agenda. Harlem Heat are not getting back together. Tonight, Booker wants to get his gold back. He wants to match his tag team title record by winning the TV title for the seventh time. So he tells JJ Dillon, Roddy Piper, Eric Bischoff, Ric Flair, whoever's in charge around here, to book the rematch tonight on Nitro. Shane McMahon cuts a promo on Raw, while on Nitro we've got David Flair versus Buddy Lee Parker. Shane says the corporate ministry are going to destroy everything in their path tonight. As fate would have it, the union aren't at Raw tonight because their car got quote unquote incapacitated. So the corporate ministry have written up a hit list featuring three men who the faction are going to eliminate tonight on Raw. First up, Vince McMahon. Vince should have kept his nose out of Shane's business and Shane tells Vince to lock the doors because the corporate ministry are ready to strike. The faction head back up the ramp and we see Vince telling the boys to prepare for the worst, so the door gets barricaded just as the corporate ministry show up. Briscoe and Patterson tell Vince to grab something to secure the door a little more, but it's Vince who ends up getting grabbed by The Undertaker. Good stuff here. Hunter and China beat up Patterson and Briscoe as the lights go out in the dressing room and listen to the piped in sound effects the WWF used for this beatdown. It all ends with Mr. McMahon getting loaded into an ambulance, meaning the corporate ministry can scratch Vince's name off their hit list tonight. Right, gonna be honest, I wanted to record this David Flair match like last time and just get my initial reaction, but Flair vs Parker was actually fine. It's still David Flair looking a little funny when taking bumps, but in comparison to the Ming match, it's way better. And that's because David's wrestling the guy who's been training him at the WCW power plant. It's like getting your coach to hold your hand when you go on the field for a football match or your teacher helping you at the spelling bee. There's no way this could have been a disaster because each and every move was carefully planned out and it's actually embarrassing that it's already come to this. WCW and Ric Flair are so desperate for David to look good in the ring, <laughs> alright that clothesline looked a bit funny, but yeah Rick and WCW are so desperate for David to look good in the ring that they brought along his trainer. In a way it actually makes David look even worse because you know and I know the next match David's in is going to be another disaster and I can't wait for it. As planned, Buddy Lee Parker tops out to the figure 4 and believe me guys, I wanted to laugh at this again but it wouldn't be genuine. The match was passable for sure and it's David's best match so far on Nitro. Jeff Jarrett and the Blue Blazer take on the Godfather and Val Venus next on Raw. On Nitro, Team Madness battles Ric Flair and Charles Robinson. This is Owen Hart's final match on Raw. He performs an arm drag and he offers Venus a handshake but Val refuses. So Owen just goes ahead and he performs a hip toss followed by a hurricane rana. 
Venus rolls through when Owen performs a crossbody, but the blazer kicks out before tagging in Jarrett, and Val continues to get punished with a clothesline followed by a facebuster. When Godfather gets tagged in, we see some good teamwork as he and the big Valboski perform splashes and leg drops. Jarrett gets set up for the pimp drop, but Owen saves his partner. The blazer then tags in and he hits a missile dropkick on the Godfather, and our match ends when Nicole Bass begins walking down to the ring. Owen hits a double clothesline and Jarrett gets distracted when Nicole Bass argues with Deborah. The blazer then knocks into Jeff and Double J falls off the apron, and Owen gets pinned after taking the Godfather's finish. A pretty rough match here when you compare it to other Owen Hart matches we've covered in this series, but we'll dedicate a lot of time to the King of Hearts on next week's episode. It's just kinda sad that it had to end this way, you know. Jim Ross then announces a Steve Austin vs Triple H match for Raw tonight, and The Rock's gonna face The Undertaker in a casket match. On Nitro, Ric Flair confuses everyone when he says what Gorgeous George has is just a sample of what you're gonna get when calling out Medusa and Randy Savage. Randy makes his entrance and George is on crutches, so it looks like Medusa is taking her spot in this tag team match. Why they didn't just build Medusa originally for this encounter, I have no idea. Medusa said she always wanted to wrestle a man and she's wrestling a real man tonight in George Robinson. Look at our boy, styling and profiling, what a hero. Lil Nate performs an arm drag takeover and Medusa replies with a wrist lock followed by a leg trip. We get more wrist locks between the competitors and fuck me, a second rope springboard arm drag from George Robinson. How is this referee better than David Flair? How is that possible? Medusa takes it bad and she hits charge with a clothesline, leading to a glorious flare flop from Lil Nate. Medusa then causes a little damage to Robinson's legs before tagging in Macho. So here we go, Ric Flair and Randy Savage once again. It's all Randy Savage here as he puts Flair down with a shoulder block and he follows this up with some mounted corner punches. Flair has to resort to a low blow early and Rick tags out immediately afterwards. Macho is supposed to tag in Medusa, I think, but he decides to throw Charles across the ring first. Here comes Medusa now with multiple snap mares to young Charles, and Charles is taking them really, really well. Lil Nate takes a crop looking pile driver though before tagging in Rick. And uh, Medusa rides Rick around the ring like Pepe the horse, I don't know what I'm saying here. She lays in a few chops in the corner before trying a back body drop and yeah, it didn't quite work out that well, did it? Slick Rick performs a back suplex and he drops an elbow on Medusa, so I'm guessing Medusa doesn't need to tag out as Rick starts working over the leg. A few near falls from Medusa get the crowd really pumped up, but she can't fight out of a figure four. Randy Savage has to break up the hold and Medusa tags out after hitting a low blow. Our match ends with Macho throwing both Nature Boys off the top rope. Medusa ends up fighting on the outside with Rick, and back in the ring, Macho hits the diving elbow for the pinfall win. A very fun match here on Nitro that the crowd absolutely loved. I'll forever be impressed with Charles Robinson, and you gotta give Lil Nature all the credit in the world. Well done, Charles. On Raw, it's Meat vs Test. Yeah, it doesn't sound right at all, does it? On Nitro, Roddy Piper cuts a promo. Right, the Union's car must have got fixed up, seeing his test here on Raw to face the big meaty man. Rand Shamrocks join PMS and meets their... well, he's their meat, I guess. Sean Stasiak isn't a bad wrestler, but he's dealing with a pretty terrible gimmick right here. 
Tez sent Stasiak out of the ring and when the match resumed, the big man pulled off two consecutive Russian leg sweeps followed by a DDT. Meat replied with a less impressive body slam followed by some mounted punches. His jumping back elbow didn't look bad at all though and the same goes for his power slam. But Luke meets a chinlock connoisseur so maybe we shouldn't write him off just yet. Test rolls through after taking a crossbody and oh my chinlock number 2, we might have a new RTW mascot right here ladies and gents. But unfortunately, meaty man doesn't make it to chinlock number 3. Tess performs a gut wrench powerbomb and just when he was going for the pump handle slam, Jackie interfered with this Bruce Lee kick from the top rope. The referee calls for a DQ as Meat performs a reverse DDT. Tori then walks down to the ring and PMS thinks she's going to attack Test, but Tori backs Test up instead and this is how it ends. Maybe this is a new friendship unlocked, I don't know. Backstage, we overhear the corporate ministry talking about who's next on the hit list. It's Stone Cold Steve Austin, and The Undertaker says he wants to take Stone Cold out tonight on Raw. Over on Nitro, Roddy Piper says he's the president of WCW, so I've no idea why Ric Flair was out here booking matches. Typical WCW nonsense that makes the show difficult to follow. Piper tells a lot of jokes here about Ric Flair that probably wouldn't fly in today's social climate. He's got them all noted down on a piece of paper and they range from Flair being a drag queen to Charles Robinson packing some KY jelly when travelling with Slick Rick. To be honest, I don't care about all this. I want this presidency thing sorted out so we can move on from all this crap. Eric Bischoff walks down to the ring and Piper rips into EZE. He says Eric made his life a living hell for years. He's responsible for creating the black and white, although all that did was make Bischoff's hair turn grey. Bischoff fired Randy Anderson, which was one of the most despicable things he ever did when running the company. But Eric admits to his mistakes and he apologises for everything. The crowd boos, but Eric wants everyone to forgive him for what he's done ever since The Outsiders debuted in 1996. Just as Bischoff was saying he's committed to the company, Randy Savage walks down to the ring and he demands Eric Bischoff grants him a title shot. Again, Eric Bischoff has no fucking power in WCW, so why are people asking him for title shots? Macho says someone owes him something and now he can't get it. I'm assuming he's referring to DDP giving him a title shot seeing as Randy helped Page out numerous times. And just as Randy was starting to get heated up, Piper says there's no need for violence. Randy's going to get his opportunity when he's due his opportunity and Randy's going to have to wait like everyone else. Randy says no, he wants his shot tonight, and it's here when Gorgeous George hits Piper with her crutch while Medusa knocks Bischoff to the mat. Randy then plants Piper with a pile driver before Bischoff gets body slammed. Macho goes up for the elbow drop, but world champion Kevin Nash shows up. Randy decides to leave, but he grabs a microphone on his way back up the ramp. Randy says Nash should hand the belt over to the Macho Man, just like he did during the infamous finger poke of doom incident, and Kev says what happened in the Georgia Dome was purely political. Randy Savage is gonna have to pry the world belt from Kevin's dead hands, and Randy says that can definitely be arranged. The world title match won't be happening tonight by the way, DDP vs Kevin Nash is still our Nitro main event. On Raw next, we've got a Steve Austin promo. On Nitro, Hardcore Hack takes on Finlay. Hack blobbers on about being the king of hardcore and the most extreme wrestler in WCW today. So that Brad Nobbs and Bam Bam Bigelow match at the pay-per-view settled absolutely nothing it seems. Fit Finlay shows up on the screen and you guessed it, Finlay also claims to be the king of hardcore so we've got ourselves a little challenge match right here on Nitro. 
Now, look here, Finley's clearly hitting hack with a kendo stick, absolutely nothing out of the ordinary for a hardcore match. So why does Nick Patrick take the stick away from Finley about 60 seconds later? The crowd booed this loudly, they weren't really into the match to begin with but they made it clear that Patrick's decision here was absolutely ridiculous. Even worse, he lets Hack use the kendo stick after taking it away from Finlay. It might seem like nothing, but all these small inconsistencies with WCW is what makes the show suffer as a whole. The two men wipe each other out with a double clothesline and Brian Nobbs interferes in the match. The crowd boo again when the referee calls for the bell when all three men brawl on the outside, and it ends with Finlay chasing Hack with a chair while Nobbs chases Finlay with a broken table. What a complete tit. On Raw, Steve Austin says Triple H has the ability to become a big player in the WWF and finally someone's pissed Hunter off just enough for Triple H to want to make it to the top. Shane McMahon may think Triple H is going to beat Austin tonight on Raw, but Steve sees it differently. Steve's going to stick his boot up Hunter's ass and seeing as Austin's an equal opportunity ass kicker, China better be careful about what she does tonight in this main event match. Austin doesn't care about the referees at Over the Edge, The Undertaker tried to cripple Austin by throwing him off the stage, but The Undertaker's gonna get his ass whipped at the pay-per-view, and that's the bottom line. The corporate ministry then show up and Shane reminds Austin that he will strip the WWF title away from Stone Cold if he lays a finger on the Boy Wonder at the pay-per-view. Shane then sends the corporate ministry after Austin, it's time to take care of another name on the hit list, but Ken Shamrock shows up from behind Shane and McMahon Jr. gets choked out. The corporate ministry run back up the ramp to save Shane and the union show up for a brawl. This gives Austin a chance to grab Paul Bear. Austin tells The Undertaker to get in the ring and save his old manager but The Undertaker won't budge. So Paul takes a Stone Cold stunner, The Undertaker walks away, and Stone Cold drops an elbow on Paul before having a beer in the ring. We're gonna see Stone Cold again a little later on when he faces Triple H in the Raw main event. The Undertaker takes on The Rock next in a casket match, while the Booker T vs Rick Steiner match was supposed to happen next on Nitro. Booker T's been laid out, someone attacked him backstage, and I'm getting a feeling of deja vu here. Rick says Booker can't beat anyone without his brother's help before issuing an open challenge to the whole WCW locker room. When it appears that no one's gonna show up, Rick heads back up the ramp, but Sting then walks through the curtain and we've got ourselves a Sting vs Steiner match here on Nitro. Sting destroys Rick all around the ring. He uses the guardrail and the ring steps to take the dogface gremlin out. When the two get inside the ropes, Sting delivers a facebuster, but Rick gets his wits about him and he dodges a Stinger splash. Rick delivers an Oklahoma slam in the corner before pummeling Sting on the mat. Steiner delivers some hard shots as Sting struggles to his feet. The two eventually get up and it's Rick doing all the damage here. The competitors end up back on the outside where Sting counters a suplex with a suplex of his own. Rick then chokes Sting out with some TV cable and back in the ring Rick goes for a scorpion death drop but this just makes the stinger fire up. Sting hits an inverted atomic drop, a drop kick and two clotheslines before heading upstairs for a diving clothesline although it looked more like a diving tackle. Scotty Steiner then shows up and it looks like he and Rick are about to launch an attack so Sting gets help in the form of an old ally, it's Lex Luger. The total package is back and he's here to help his old friend. The referee calls for the bell as Lex and Sting stand side by side. The Stanners decide to stay on the outside of the ring, so let's see how this develops over the next few weeks. Keep in mind that both Lex and Scott Stanner were part of the Red and Black Wolf pack, but as I mentioned weeks ago, the NWO are going through a dissolution right now. 
On Raw, The Rock comes out to a great ovation and he starts off pretty well with a few right hands. A clothesline puts The Undertaker down and Rock goes right back to the corner for more punches, but the dead man fires back with a DDT. The Undertaker's limping around here and he also limped down to the ring during his entrance, so it appears the Phenom's suffering from some sort of injury. He really needed time off because he'd end up doing more damage later in the year, but he and Triple H are the only main event heels the WWF had during this time period. Backstage, a fight's broken out between the Union and the Corporate Ministry, and back in the ring, Rock pulls off a swinging neckbreaker. The People's Champ then delivers a People's Elbow, he had to kick The Undertaker when the dead man sits up before dropping that elbow, and just when The Rock was about to put Taker in the casket, Triple H shows up to cause a distraction. Rock ends up using this cast on The Undertaker as China and Shane McMahon come down to ringside too, and what we're about to see here is a very important moment in the evolution of Triple H. Rock and Undertaker end up on the outside and Rock takes a low blow. Hunter then grabs a sledgehammer and he brings it down across Rock's arm. The sledgehammer would, of course, become Triple H's weapon of choice throughout the remainder of his career. Undertaker slams the Rock's arm across the casket and it's Triple H who ends up putting the Rock inside the casket. It gets locked up, it gets tipped over by Taker and Triple H, and Hunter proceeds to destroy the casket with his sledgehammer. I know Sunday Night Heat is when Triple H officially became the game, but I can recall this moment so vividly because it felt like Hunter was way more intense and way more aggressive than ever before. For me, this is a turning point for Triple H and while he still hasn't called himself the game, the seeds have definitely been planted. Next on Nitro, it's Kurt Hennig vs Conan, on Raw, The Brood vs The Hardy Boys and Michael Hayes. There was some good action in the Conan and Hennig match, but it got dragged down quite a bit by Hennig stalling on the outside. I thought he was getting out of this habit to be honest, but he takes two extended breaks outside the ring with one running straight through commercials. Even Bobby Heenan made mention of the time wasting, which isn't like Bobby, especially when it comes to Kurt Hennig. When we come back, it turns into a much more grounded affair with Hennig working over the leg, but things picked up again when Conan hit his rolling lariat. The referee takes a bump just before Conan hits his K-factor, and then Macho Man Randy Savage shows up once again to talk smack. I don't know guys, it feels like we're seeing a bit too much of the madness this week, but then again, is it really possible to have too much Randy Savage? He says Conan's big buddy Kevin Nash is afraid of the Macho Man because Big Sexy won't give him a title shot, and Savage wants K-Dog to send Nash a message. Randy then proceeds to spit on Conan and Hennig sends his opponent out of the ring, so Randy launches an attack on the outside and Macho ends up getting the better of his former Wolfpack teammate. Conan gets thrown back inside the ropes where he takes a perfect plex, Hennig wins via pinfall, and Macho warns Kevin Nash that things are only going to get worse from this point on. Like I mentioned before, I'm so confused about this version of Randy Savage. He's in two separate storylines where he's a babyface in one and a heel in the other. Normally I'd get behind this kind of creative booking, but it's not done well here at all. It's just way too cut and dry, there's no grey area to speak of. So, on Sunday Night Heat, the Hardy Boys saved Michael Hayes from getting a bloodbath and so began a tag team feud that would become legendary in the world of pro wrestling. Michael Hayes is managing Matt and Jeff Hardy, who we have seen wrestle already on Reliving the War, but this is the real beginning of the Hardy Boys as a formidable tag team. I could never take Michael Hayes seriously in this role, the whole Doc Hendricks thing completely killed any chance Michael had of making this work in my opinion. The Hardy Boys showed off some unique offense early on, but they got slowed down a little when Gangrel performed performed a capture suplex on Matt. 
Christian got tagged and Matt took a gut buster, but Michael Hayes comes in to help Matt with a double suplex before Jeff took to the skies with a swanton bomb. Jeff continues to look good with an Arabian press moonsault, and here comes Michael Hayes with a spine buster and leg drop combo. <laughs> not bad, not bad at all. Matt performs a northern light suplex, but his aerial attack gets stopped with a drop kick from Christian. And when Edge and Jeff Hardy get tagged in, we see a pretty intense spear from the future rated R superstar. Edge then performs two electric chair face busters, one on Christian that looked great, and another on Michael Hayes that looked like it had the potential to break Michael's nose. The match then ends when the guys dive to the outside and the referee loses control, but still a pretty impressive match here, particularly for the Hardy boys. This rivalry is only getting started, so don't worry, we're going to see a lot more of these guys moving forward. The Rock's now out of the casket and he's getting loaded into an ambulance. The corporate ministry can scratch Rock's name off their hit list. Austin still needs taken care of though, but it looks like the boys have a plan for the Raw main event. We've got an Al Snow promo next, plus the boss man taking on the big show. On Nitro, it's the Horseman vs Raven and Saturn. Saturn and Dean Malenko started off the Nitro match and it didn't take long for Perry to send both horsemen out of the ring. Raven tags in and we see a sweep and clothesline combo from the tag team champions. And when Benoit gets tagged in, Raven's able to keep Chris at bay with a few rights and lefts. Saturn comes back in and we see a doomsday crossbody from the champs. The challengers go on the outside to regroup for a moment because they're getting their asses kicked right here. But it doesn't seem to work as Saturn suplexes Malenko and the team of Raven and Saturn show off some more great teamwork. The match gets an instant 10 stars when Saturn applies a chin lock, Raven keeps up the chin abuse when he gets tagged in, and look, we see the three amigos from Raven as Benoit gets suplexed over and over again. The horsemen are looking pretty terrible right about now. Saturn performs a top rope leg drop just before commercial break, and when we come back, the horsemen have turned it around. I hate that when the momentum changes during a commercial break, it feels like you've missed out on a pretty important part of the match. The horseman miscalculated a baseball slide, but Benoit is able to remain focused on Saturn's left knee inside the ring. The crowd chants boring as Benoit continues to attack the body part, and they boo when Dean comes in to do the exact same thing. A belly to belly gives Saturn a break, Raven gets a hot tag, the crowd cheer as Raven fires up, and Kenyon then hands Raven a chair from the outside. We see the drop toe hold, Malenko gets his face crushed, and even though Arn Anderson interferes with his tire iron, uh, yeah, Arn, <laughs> Arn with an iron, the champs are still able to retain their tag team championships. The finish was great, with Kenyon pushing Malenko off the top rope, and the Iceman fell in place perfectly for the Death Valley driver. So Raven and Saturn leave this one, still W. CW Tag Team Champions. These two are 100% delivering in the ring every time they wrestle, and they've definitely been a highlight of Monday Nitro recently. I think they shine a little brighter due to all the other chaotic nonsense going on right now within the company. After the match, Bam Bam Bigelow says something to Raven and Saturn about Kenyon. We have no idea what was said here because the sound guys messed up by not switching the audio channel over in good time. Way to go WCW, way to go. Over on Raw, you'd really need to watch Sunday Night Heat these past few weeks to know what's going on, but basically, Al Snow replaced Head with Pierre, the one-eyed deer. Don't ask. And since Al believed that Head was the hardcore champion, Bob Holly officiated the match where Snow defeated Head to reclaim the championship. Bob Holly ended up killing Pierre by bashing his head into a ring post, 
So Al wanted to deliver a eulogy for his fallen comrade. It's filled with Al telling jokes such as Pierre always kept an eye out for me and Pierre was the one I loved. As Al throws some of Pierre's favourite items into his, uh, his little coffin box I guess. A cigar, Pierre's reading glasses, his favourite episode of Columbo on VHS and a Sammy Davis Jr cassette tape. The hits just keep coming folks. Bob Holly shows up to spit on Pierre's antler in front of Al, so Al whacks Holly with head before delivering the snowplow. Al then confirms that he'll face Bob Holly at Over the Edge this week. The hardcore title will be on the line, so yes, another Bob Holly vs Al snow match on pay per view. The corporate ministry set up an ambush for Steve Austin backstage, but the plan backfired when the union attacked Shane and company. Immediately after this, the Big Show came to the ring to face the boss man, and the union continued their fight with the corporate ministry as the match got underway. The bout was over in no time at all, though boss man tried to get the upper hand by using his nightstick and hitting a low blow, but all Joe had to do was hit a big boot and that was it all over. Big Show delivers the showstopper and the big man wins on Raw's war. During the next commercial break, both the union and the corporate ministry got in their cars and we got ourselves a good old fashioned car chase. This means both factions have left the building before our main event, but do keep in mind The Undertaker and Shane McMahon have stayed behind. DDP vs Kevin Nash ends Nitro this week, while over on Raw it's Stone Cold Steve Austin vs Triple H. Check out Dave Penzer right here when DDP sets off some pyro in the ring. He thought he was Neo there for a second, dodging bullets from an agent. Nash takes the early advantage with his usual corner offense followed by a running corner clothesline. The crowd are chanting Goldberg, which must be a bit disheartening. A clothesline sends Dallas out of the ring and Bam Bam Bigelow comes out to show Paige some support. Kevin Nash finds this quite humorous as Bigelow stays on the outside to watch how the match unfolds. And when Paige gets back inside the ropes, Kev hits snake eyes before delivering a short arm clothesline. Bigelow then interferes by attacking Nash from the apron. Mickey J definitely sees it, but he lets it slide for some reason. Bigelow then chokes Nash out while the ref has his back turned, and DDP chokes Nash with his wrist tape while Mickey's busy with Bigelow. Worst referee ever. A diving clothesline isn't enough to end the match, so DDP applies a chin lock. Big Sexy gets to his feet, but he goes down again after a swinging neckbreaker, but Bam Bam proves to be detrimental to the challenger when he gets on the apron. The bell sounds when Bam Bam steps into the ring, followed by Macho Man Randy Savage. Bigelow and Page hold Nash in place while Savage lays the punches in, and Bigelow performs a big splash as the champion gets decimated in the ring. Macho tells Bam Bam and Paige to leave along with Medusa, Gorgeous George and Miss Madness, and he then proceeds to put lipstick all over Kevin Nash's face. A great look right here for the World Heavyweight Champion. A fan then tries to get in the ring and honestly, he got off lightly. If Nash wasn't selling, I think this dude would have got it a whole lot worse, but security rush in before Macho kills the guy. If you look closely, it looks like a few people tried to jump in the ring, but only one guy made it inside the ropes. Nitro ends with Nash taking a diving elbow and Randy goes to the commentary table to scream and shout. Looks like we're going to see Kevin Nash versus Randy Savage at the Great American Bash, but nothing's been made official just yet. Over on Raw, the action begins on the rampway as Stone Cold makes his entrance. The rattlesnake gets the better of Triple H here as the two brawl around the ring and into the audience. And something that's been really distracting this week on Raw is the piped in sound effects the production guys used for punches. It was quite bad in the Boss Man vs Big Show match. And listen as Austin punches Hunter. 
Triple H avoids a stunner by getting out of the ring, so we go right back to the rampway for more brawling. Hunter's not doing well at all so far, and when the match gets back inside the ropes, we've got Stone Cold targeting Triple H's knee. Hunter's wearing a knee brace tonight, so Stone Cold's got himself a target. A facebreaker knee smash puts Hunter on the mat, and we see more of that aggression from Triple H. A Luthez press from Austin, followed by an elbow drop, reminds Triple H just who he's in the ring with right now. But Hunter's able to throw Austin back to the outside, where Stone Cold takes a bump at the ring steps. We go back into the crowd, where Earl Hebner stops Triple H from using a chair. This allows Austin to swing things in his favor once again very briefly. When the two get back over the barrier, the WWF champ tries a double axe handle from the announce table. This gets countered though and it's Hunter who puts that table to good use. Austin gets thrown on the table twice and the production guys are still piping in the sound effects as Hunter continues to destroy his opponent. When the two get in the ring, China gets involved by choking Austin out and things slow down a little when Hunter applies a sleeper. The crowd pops as Austin fights out with a series of right hands, but both men end up going down after a double clothesline. When the two get back up, it's all Austin as the rattlesnake lays in the punches, followed by a big clothesline. Stone Cold wants to give Hunter a little receipt, so it's Triple H getting thrown on the announce table this time, and gotta say, there's definitely something here with these two. This isn't the first time Hunter and Austin have met in the ring of course, but this more aggressive and dare I say cerebral version of Triple H definitely makes a great opponent for the no non ass kicker that is Stone Cold Steve Austin. As Hunter hits the Harley Race knee, we can see the Undertaker symbol being lowered from the ceiling. Hunter takes a clothesline and then Austin notices what's going on. The Undertaker's entrance music then plays and the dead man literally limps down to the ring. Austin falls out of the ring and this gives the dead man a chance to strike. Shane helps Hunter put the symbol on the canvas and Taker continues his attack on the outside and we then see the rest of the corporate ministry walking down to the ring. Fortunately for Austin, the Union also returned to the arena and another brawl breaks out on the outside of the ring. When The Undertaker tries to handcuff Austin, the WWF champ turns the tables and it's the dead man who gets secured to his own symbol. Austin attacks his upcoming over the edge opponent before securing him to the symbol completely and The Undertaker then slowly begins to rise above the ring. Raw goes off the air with The Undertaker suspended on his symbol as Stone Cold heads back up the ramp. The Undertaker laughs at Austin while Stone Cold flips the Phenom off, and what a final image to end the show with right here. I know Over the Edge is a tough pay-per-view and it's a show we don't like talking about, but without the benefit of hindsight, this was a good way to build up to the pay-per-view. Raw wins reliving the war this week. Triple H wrecking the casket in the last moments of Raw were enough to top the whole episode of Nitro for me. I enjoyed the WCW tag team title match, but everything else was a complete mess. From three people apparently being in charge in World Championship Wrestling, even though a clear stipulation was laid out for the Piper vs Flair match at Slamboree, all the way to Macho Man Randy Savage not knowing if he should fight the evil Ric Flair or the good guy Kevin Nash. Raw's now on 95 points, we've got 71 points for Nitro, and 19 ties are still on the board. In the TV ratings, Raw got a 6.4 while Nitro scored a 3.8. Looks like the WWF definitely got WCW viewers last week during their unopposed week, but this week they still crushed it in the television ratings. To put things into perspective too, Nitro's still scoring better than their 95, 96 and 97 average, but that's all gonna change very soon.
Next is WWF Over The Edge 99 and like I mentioned last week, I get it if some of you guys don't feel like checking out that particular pay-per-view. Honestly, I just want to try to get through it and try to do the best I can with it, but it is a show that's been in the back of my mind ever since I decided to make this whole series, and it's a show I've dreaded for a very long time. Whether you decide to watch the video or not, I appreciate you checking out this week's episode of Reliving the War, and if I don't see you this week, then hopefully I'll see you all again very soon. Take care, everyone.